Now I'm going to tell you two stories about Orkney shipwrecks. Now, over the centuries, of course, there has been many, many shipwrecks around Orkney. But there is two that has stories that I know and have always liked. Now, these are real events. These are real shipwrecks. And the first was a ship from Dundee called the Star. And it was wrecked on Wednesday, the 5th of March, 1834. Now, the people at Utartun in Stromness were experiencing a terrible gale. A westerly gale was howling, and people stayed in their houses as much as possible because it really wasn't that safe to go out. But then the cry went up that a ship was being driven towards the Black Craig, a tall cliff. And sure enough, when the people ventured out of their homes, they could see a ship being driven towards the cliff, and not a thing could the crew do about it. Now, the people, desiring to try to help those on board, went out and got clues and clues of simmon ropes. These are straw ropes, ropes made of twisted straw. And they're wound into a big ball called a clue. And these Simmons were taken up to the top of the Black Craig, and by this time the ship was pinned up against the craig. And they could see right down onto the deck, and there were men running around all over the place, trying desperately to, to save themselves, but what could they do? So the Utatun folk started to lower these twisted straw ropes, these simmons, down in front of the cliff, down onto the deck of the ship, so that the folk on board, the crew, could climb up the rope, or be dragged up on the rope to safety. But they'd hardly started their work, when suddenly a huge wave rolled in from the Atlantic and smashed against the side of the ship with such ferocity that the ship was broken to matchsticks. Well, the crew, of course, were all in the sea now, and there was nothing that the Outertune folk could do to save them. Now, after a while, when it saw that all was hopeless, the folk sadly returned to their houses, and they stayed there. Now that was a Wednesday. The wind carried on blowing with the same ferocity for four days, and it didn't go down until the Sunday. Now there was one house which was the nearest to the Black Craig, and the people in the house were sitting there on the Sunday, minding their own business. When a stranger walked in, they didn't know who he was, and they sat him down by the fire. He was wet, he was very wet. So they got him some warm blankets, and they warmed up some milk for him to drink, and he sat there shivering by the fire. They built the fire up so that it would be hotter, with a bit more flame with it. 
and then he told them his story. He was the only survivor from that ship. What had happened was when the wave struck the ship and splintered it to pieces, he was thrown into the sea, but the sea washed him into a big sea cave that is at the foot of the Black Craig. Now, he would have been killed in there because the waves pounding in through that cave, they would have smashed him against the back wall of the cave. But it wasn't his day to die. Fate didn't have that in store for him on that day, because part of the ship's hull, a large section of timber, was wedged up against the mouth of the cave, and that stopped the worst of the waves from getting in. Now, he found himself with a bit more luck, because at the back of the cave there was a raised beach, so he was able to sit up on this rocky shore, away out of the water. And he also found that there was a small barrel of salt fish had been washed in there, along with a small barrel of ship's biscuits. And he had water to drink, because the water was trickling down through the rock and dripping from the roof of the cave. So he had a supply of fresh water as well. And what he did was he just had to stay there and wait until the storm abated so that he could get out of the cave. And he waited for the four days until on the Sunday the seas were calm again, the wind had stopped howling, and he was able to climb up out of the cave over the wreckage of the ship and then he discovered that his troubles weren't over because he now had to climb a quite a tall cliff. But he did. He climbed the cliff and managed to make it all the way up to the top, and then he headed towards the nearest house that he could find. He told them that his name was Charlie that the ship, the Star of Dundee, was sailing from Wick to Bristol when they got caught in the storm. Well, he stayed there for a time until he regained his strength and they were able to contact the ship owners and let them know what had happened. And he was able to leave Orkney and go back to Dundee to join his family, who of course had given him up for lost. But that man's name, Charlie, remains behind in Orkney. What happened to him after that? Well, this story doesn't tell. I don't know. But that cave that is at the foot of the Black Craig is still known to this day as Charlie's Hole. Now, the second story... I'm going to tell you, is about a ship called the Pennsylvania, a steamship sailing from New York to Copenhagen. Now, she was wrecked on the island of Swona on Monday, the 27th of July, 1931. Now, she was carrying quite a valuable cargo, 
a general cargo, but all things from uh, chemicals to radio sets and typewriters and even several Cadillac cars. Now, it was foggy when they left New York, and to their horror, it didn't get any better. The entire crossing of the Atlantic was done in thick fog, and it was so thick that the captain of the ship was so worried that he stayed on the bridge of the ship for ninety-three hours straight without sleeping. Well, they came in to Orkney through the Pentland Firth, but then they must have drifted a bit too far north because they ended up on the island of Swanna, on the rocks there, stuck fast. Now, being summertime, the sea wasn't rough. They just couldn't see the islands, couldn't see the scary that it ended up on. Now, the Long Hope lifeboat was launched. The Long Hope lifeboat has a long and distinguished career. And that lifeboat was launched and set off towards the ship to take off the crew. But the captain ordered them, in a rather a blustering and unfriendly manner, to return back to their base, because he wasn't leaving his ship. He knew that, of course, as soon as he left the ship, then it could be claimed for salvage. Now, the Long Hope lifeboat, having come out, you know, they had to go back again. I can't imagine that they were terribly happy about that. But they stayed on board for a few more days, until it was obvious that there was no way that they were ever going to be able to get that ship off the rocks, and also it was in danger of breaking its back and sinking. So they took to the ship's boats, and they made it ashore. Now the customs men turned up, with the idea, of course, of keeping an eye on the wreck to stop anybody from liberating any of the cargo. But the thing is, when they got to South Ronaldsey and started making inquiries about a boat that could be hired to take them out to the ship to do an infantry of what was on board, well, <clears throat> there was always a reason why the South Ronaldsey folk couldn't take them out on the boat that day. I mean, it was either, oh, the weather wasn't right, or the tide wasn't right, or, oh, we don't have enough men. There was always an excuse, because the last thing that they wanted was for the custom men to get on board that ship, because they were helping themselves from the cargo. And they weren't alone either. I mean, people from the islands around about were also helping themselves. But so were the Stroma men. Now, Stroma is an island that lies in the middle of the Pentland Firth, and it actually belongs to Caithness. It's part of the county of Caithness. But the Stroma men had a reputation as wreckers. I don't mean putting up lights and luring ships down to the rocks, but stripping anything valuable off a ship as soon as it was on the rocks. They said that Stroma men could smell a shipwreck. Now, the Chona Groats men from across in Caithness as well, were also in on the act. They were also famous for their ability to get on a wreck and remove anything of value. 
So it was being well picked over while the customs men were kicking their heels in South Ronaldsey, staring hopelessly across the water at this wreck, and not being able to set foot on deck. Now, it was starting to become obvious that the ship was in a bad way, and it wasn't going to be up on the rocks for much longer. The, it was starting to break up. And if it broke, then it would sink into deeper water, and that would be the finish of it. Now, there was a boat from South Ronaldsey set off, and they did it under the cover of, well, I can't say darkness, because, you know, end of July, start of August, it's not really that dark uh, at, at night. <clears throat> But it was under the cover of the, the gremlins, as we would say, at twilight, that they set off. Now, they couldn't show a light of any sort, either on the boat or on board the ship, while they were going down into the holds, because the custom men back on South Ronaldsey would see that. They were watching that wreck like a hawk. So, in the darkness, they clambered on board, and they managed to get down into the hold, and they just took the first two big boxes that they could get their hands on. It was passed up to the deck and lowered down to the boat, and then the men made their escape. This was a dangerous thing to do, because that ship was just on the point of breaking up. But they felt it was worth the risk. So they took these two boxes containing they knew not what, and they headed back to South Ronaldsey, and they took it to a hiding place to stash it, so that the customs men wouldn't find it. And then it was time to open the box and see what was inside, see what treasures that they had managed to save from the deep. Now they opened the box and the first one that they opened contained shrouds, shrouds for putting on dead bodies. So they opened the second one, and what was in it? Condoms. Now, this was not what they were hoping at all. The ship broke up very soon after that and disappeared into deep water. Now, the thing is, when I was hearing this story being told, on both sides of the Pentland Firth. Depending on which side of the Firth I was on, it was always the people on the other side that stole the shrouds and the condoms. The Chonagrotes folk said, well, it was South Ronaldsey. And the South Ronaldsey folk said, ah, Chonagrotes men did that. But the cat was let out of the bag one day by an old friend of mine in South Ronaldsey. When he said, Yes, he said, shrouds and condoms. And you ken what they did with the condoms? No, I said, the Bairns used them for balloons.